evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the vivacious Karen Randazzo. They mark her spirit as well as any bloom, and deserve their rest as much as she. <laughs> and the ever-effervescent Chris Randazzo. You want my frickin' gum? Effervescent? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with the sneezing thing, so continue. <laughs> Let's get back to committing several felonies. We here on this week's episode talk television, so sometimes we do get a little spoilery. <laughs> so if you do not want the most recent couple of episodes of The Flash, the season finale of Call of the Midwife, the season finale of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., or the most current episodes of Blind Spot. Season finale, baby. Season finale, that's also true. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, if you don't want any of those spoiled, please go check them out. Come on back, and we'll try to make them a little bit more enjoyable for you. Um, let's get... From my understanding, Call the Midwife was one of those emotional episodes. Oh, yeah. This is something we should probably dispense with quickly. So <laughs> let's just take care of this right <laughs> off the top. <laughs> oh, Call the Midwife. Okay, for those of you who don't know, Call the Midwife is a British series about midwives in a poor area of London in the 1950s and 60s. And the reason that I say that is that there are people out there who don't know that this show existed. <laughs> I have to start with a with it with a quick anecdote, a personal anecdote, because this was the season finale and it was a very sad episode. And when it was over, I posted it on Facebook. Damn call the midwife. All caps <laughs> sob. Now for those of you who haven't know, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I am currently pregnant. <laughs> well now, listen, you can see how some people might get confused. Listen, no fewer than <laughs> Three people in my feed from completely separate walks of life were like, are you okay? Is the baby okay? What's going on? Why the hell do you it's, have a midwife? Is this 1940? And, and why did you capitalize your cry for help so oddly? <laughs> like, no, no, no. The show was sad. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Well, at least people are concerned. <laughs> so, um, I was kind of hard on the uh, premiere. When I talked about the show last time, uh, I'm happy, happy, happy to report that despite the fact that this was a sad episode, the show has vastly improved since my first impression of this season. Um, over the, I'm not going to tell you the whole season, but uh, everybody had like interesting stories and good character development. Um, and Trixie, who's a popular character, she's one of the midwives. She, in particular, uh, was very interesting. She's always been the uh, I've got to catch a man type of character. Uh, in the end of last season, she uh, admitted to having an alcohol problem, so she went into recovery, did all this stuff. And, like, this whole season has been this journey of her finding herself. And she had a really beautiful speech in the finale about, like, I just want to find my place in that world, in the world, and it doesn't have to be with a man. I just need to, you know, find what I'm here to do. And uh, it was really, you know, touching and nice. It was I, nice to see that for a character that I like so much. I keep forgetting that they're not all nuns. No, no, no. The midwives <laughs> live in a house with the nuns. Because that would be a really awkward storyline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we've also, over the course of the series, seen a uh, midwife who decided she heard the call of God and wanted to become a nun, and a nun who decided she didn't want to be a, a nun anymore and became, like, a, a nurse. Oh. Oh. 
damn. <laughs> a nurse in a doctor's office where they deliver babies. <laughs> so close enough. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, there's all. They've also been doing a lot of cool, uh, like historical developments of the time. They uh, that I talked about in the premiere. They they made a connection with. Uh, a drug called thalidomide and, and birth de- defects, which is something that was peppered kind of in throughout the whole season. They didn't really know that the two were connected in the beginning, but like if you're as a viewer in the present day watching it, you're like, oh, oh my God, this is the start of that problem. They also talked about um, the widespread use of formula feeding. Um, and, you know, kind of, it was kind of maybe the start of the mommy wars. That kind of thing. Because, you know, oh, formula is a brand new thing and you can, you know, have so much more convenience. And they did a whole story with that. Um, and then the birth control pill came along and that was a, that was a whole thing. Uh, it was it was interesting to see how it affected the whole, how the whole it was re- received by different factions of the community. Um Spoiler alert, the religious folks were not crazy about it. <laughs> they were, however, way more understanding about why it might be a good idea than, you know, people in this country might have been. <laughs> um, the the head nun, Sister Julianne, she was really torn over it. It was not just a black and white issue for her where she was like, nope, the Lord says we got to make babies. She was understanding about how, you know, we live in a poor community where, we understand that not every not every woman not every woman who has sex is is married, and so there are going to be unwanted pregnancies, and those can really ruin lives in these times. And so she could see the advantage of wanting to prevent something like that. And then there's also the pastor in the area who is dating one of the midwives because I, oh, I don't understand religion and the rules, but <laughs> I guess pastors are allowed to date. So he's dating one of the midwives, and this whole issue of the pill comes along, and he's like. Mm, sounds good to me. <laughs> I it's mean, like it's... that opening scene in a uh, in what was it, Monty Python's Meeting of Life, or uh, where um they they discover condoms and they're talking about how every sperm is sacred. And... Yes. <laughs> um, good times. If a sperm gets wasted, God gets quite irate. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so some really interesting uh, things happened this season. They uh, in the finale they. <clears throat> closed up the thalidomide loop. Um, they they had, like I said, they showed this baby that was born with defects and they showed that the mother had taken thalidomide, but nobody knew that they were connected. Um, in the finale, the doctor in the area received a letter from this medical board that um, there were one or two cases of, you know, something being amiss and you know they were going to recall the drug but they were kind of like trying to downplay it and they spent the whole the doctor and all the midwives and nurses spent the whole time like trying to figure out they're like there's something more going on and it was almost like a detective story where you know in 1960s london so they have no computers and they're going through rolodexes and paper files um and figuring out like is there a possibility that any other women that we know of who've, who've had babies that have had problems, how could they have, have possibly been connected to this drug? And they found, like, one woman, you know, she didn't, t- she didn't have it prescribed to her, but her sister had it prescribed, and her sister ended up giving her some sleeping pills that had this in it. And that's how 
the problems got caused. Um, it was just a really good job of demonstrating how a problem like this could be hard to trace at the time and how it could become so widespread. Um, everybody blamed themselves. Um, and the, all the conversations with the moms that had these babies with problems were, like, heartbreaking. They were so sad. Oh, and everybody did a really good job. Like, whoever was it was that was talking to a mother or a doctor or a nun or whoever, they did a really good job of, like, trying to tell the mother, like, it's not your fault. You didn't do this. Like, we didn't know. There's nothing we could have done. While at the same time, you know that they were feeling the guilt themselves because they felt like there was something that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the end, they couldn't really do anything except track down the prescriptions that they had written that were out there and, like, take all the pills back and try and learn from it. But um, it was really fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can believe it, it was not the most depressing part oh, of the Jesus. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um Sister Evangelina, oh my god. She is uh she's a nun at the convent and she was um like she's a real stickler for all the, you know, right and proper ways to do things. Uh so they had an episode with her early in the season where um like I said, the formula, people were starting to use formula and there was this mother who was having trouble breastfeeding and Sister Evangelina really pushed her hard to like, keep trying and it'll be okay. And uh, the baby ended up having complications because the mother was like, no, I have to do this because the sister told me to. And the baby had got dehydrated and malnourished and had to go to the hospital and the mom was still beating herself up about, you know, not being good enough as a mother to be able to feed her baby. And when Sister Evangelina realized that, like, how much influence she has with these mothers and that she was kind of abusing her power, she felt terrible and, like, decided to basically do the nun version of taking a leave of absence. And she went off to, like, the mother house and took a vow of silence to uh, learn to listen again. And she was kind of off the show most of the season. Um so she came back right at the end of the uh, previous uh, penultimate episode, and everybody's really happy that she was finally back and she was going to be, you know, get back in, into things and start taking care of babies again. But we find out that uh, she had a stroke while oh. she was doing her leave of absence, and she lost the use of one of her arms. So she feels like she can't take care of babies because it's a two-handed job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, you know, she wants to be there and help out, but she can't, she can't be fully involved the way she was. Uh, so in the finale, she goes with one of the midwives to, to a birth and she's like, I'm just here to do the donkey work. She's literally the phrase she used because <laughs> she's, she's that kind of awesome lady. Uh, she's out of the room when the baby is born and you could like, they stay with her and not with the birth and you could see in her face like how upset she is to not be able to be there and be involved and how much she loved what she used to do um they end up in a situation after the baby's born where the midwife needs to take care of the mom so she needs sister evangelina to take care of the baby and she's like i can't i can't hold it and my arm doesn't work you know it's an emergency they have to do it so she she ends up giving the baby a bath and kind of like discovers that she can do it and everything's going to be okay. And it's really, you know, beautiful, happy moment for her. 
uh, and they go home. They go, you know, everything's fine. They go back. Uh, they go to have a cup of tea, and she gets into a fight with her nun friend at the uh, at, back at home about like the, her nun friend always eats the cake, eats whatever cake there is around. So she was really looking forward to having a nice piece of cake after this difficult experience, and there's no cake. So she's waiting for her tea that she's going to have, you know, without any cake, and falls asleep in front of the fire. And they come in in the morning, and if you've ever seen TV before, you oh, know that geez. we have a character who's been on a long personal journey, who's come back and had a really triumphant moment. What do you think happened? <laughs> She's an old lady. <laughs> she dead. Yeah. She dead. You've seen TV before, you know what happened. <laughs> and uh. from there on, it just the rest of the episode is just a sob fest. You're weeping. Everybody is dealing with it. They, it wasn't like something that happened at the end. It was something that happened sort of towards the beginning. And the rest of the episode was like everybody grieving and trying to make their peace with it. And <laughs> I mean, I, I, and when I say it all out loud, it sounds like horrible. And who would ever want to watch any of this? But like... <laughs> When it's a it's a character that you really care about, like it was a it was a really nice tribute to her, and um, it was what a uh, a much beloved character deserved. And and they, they the ways they showed that they they had the community, like the whole community came out and made all the arrangements and didn't you know paid for everything that because you know every time something came up, the whoever it was, a funeral director, whoever was like. Uh, she either delivered my baby or she delivered me. Like she oh. delivered all the kids in the community, so it's time for us to take care of her. And uh, so the 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 final scene is that they're you know going to have the funeral procession leave from the convent to go to the um, I guess to the church or the graveyard or wherever they're going. And uh, the whole town is like lined up in the streets. To watch the horse-drawn carriage because it's still the '60s um, <laughs> go by, and there's no flowers on the uh, the coffin because she was a nun and she had took a pass- uh, vow of poverty and she took it very seriously. And so um, her friend, the one who eats all the cake, Sister Monica Joan, at the end brings out her shoes, uh, Sister Evangelina's shoes. Uh, this is a really nice callback to a previous episode where. She needed new shoes, but she was like, no, it's not, you know, I'm not important and I need to, you know, learn to live with what I have. And they made her accept, like, that she needs to take care of herself in some way, which was to get new shoes. So they brought out her shoes and they put them on the coffin. And that was the line where uh, they mark her spirit as well as any bloom. So, you know, they go on the coffin and the whole community goes with the funeral procession. And I am on the couch, oh, full on oh, boohoos. It was, it was, it was a tragic scene and Chris can attest to that. <laughs> he was not paying attention to the show, but he was not able to um, ignore me. <laughs> I, I can attest to a couple of things, actually. Um, I'm sitting here at the computer and the couch is next to the computer face in the other direction. And I'm sitting here, you know, working on the computer and I hear Karen say, Oh, don't you do this to me, show. Don't you do that. <laughs> She's just saying that audibly out loud, not to anybody but the television. And then like a few minutes later, just just uncontrollable sobbing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It was brutal, man. It was brutal. 
And like for a finale, there really wasn't a lot. I mean, normally they, you know, they have some tragedy and they usually balance it with some lightness. There's very little lightness to ba- balance it with. There, there well, was a how, wedding. I mean, there would have to be a shit ton of lightness to balance that out. <laughs> there was a wedding in it, but it was like not anybody would care about. It was just since somebody in the community was getting married. Um, <laughs> it was a guy who like had gone to Australia to get work and met a girl, fell in love. Uh, came back and he was going to bring her back, but he needed to save up the money to to pay for her ticket to come. And after he left, he found out she was pregnant. So she's coming across and his mother's like, you need to get married the second she gets off the boat so that your child's not a bastard. (laughs) So they had to like throw together this wedding at the last minute. Um, And, you know, everybody did. And, you know, (laughs) they had to have something happy. Well, uh, a, I wouldn't really necessarily call that happy. <laughs> well, at least they were happy to get married. It wasn't like a shotgun wedding or anything. Okay. <laughs> they were genuinely just two people who were going to get married anyway, but were kind of in a, a sticky situation. Pressed for time. <laughs> <laughs> they got married in the community center, and like they took the uh, wedding picture with everybody lined up, and, and then right after that, the bride's water broke and they basically the community center is the same place where they have the um the the health clinics for the expecting mothers so mm-hmm. they had you know hospital beds and things like that there oh, that's so they convenient. basically like pulled her off to the side drew a curtain and she's giving birth <laughs> in the middle of her own wedding reception like behind a curtain nice <laughs> <laughs> so when i say there was a little levity there was a little levity okay you know All that's right. pretty funny <laughs> But overall, Call the Midwife, good season, a um, lot of sadness, a lot of tears. I'm going to miss the crap out of Sister Evangelina because she was a great character and really well played. Uh, I wish I knew the name of the lady who played her. but Pam Ferris. Um, so if you didn't know about Call the Midwife or if you did but hadn't caught up yet, uh, I'm. This is me telling you to do so because it is worth it and it is enjoyable and cathartic and as a you know happy cry fest as ever. How, how long? The only, are these, how they're, long? they're an hour. They're an hour. Okay. Yeah. The only bullshit I will call is there's one character who left the show and didn't come back for the funeral, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like this is not a person who like the nobody mentioned her. Her <laughs> husband was there. Huh. Oh. <laughs> It's like, yo, I know Miranda Hart got mega famous and like is too busy to do this, but could somebody say like, oh, it's such a shame Chummy couldn't be here? Like something. <laughs> or, what? oh, there she is, really far away on the top of that hill. <laughs> She's stuck they, on a they, train, they you know? Pan <laughs> over, it's just this one inch little black wavy hand going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> True Monty Python-esque. Well, all right. I... I I mean, I, I know. I, just, I mean, I, it's it's I not under, for everybody. <laughs> I don't understand why you put yourself through that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, and that the. I remember you did say that the sister Evangelina character, mm-hmm. like they weren't, they were doing something wrong, or like I I just remember you weren't happy. I'm glad that you had some resolution with that character that's always yes. good on a, on a show when they bring someone back and they do a good job with it they did her right they done did her right all right let's i don't know how chris on a scale of one to ten how emotional is blind spot 
<laughs> um, fish. Okay, so I'm gonna do my show next because it still had a bunch of feels in it as well. Um, I am gonna be talking about <laughs> Flash season two, episode twenty one and twenty two. Uh, last week, unfortunately, we had to take a little break, and I was really excited to talk about episode 21, and that one was titled The Runaway Dinosaur. This was directed by Kevin Smith. Now, I listened to a number of his other podcasts, and he is a humongous fan of this show. And when I heard that he got the opportunity to direct one, I got really excited because I know how big of a fan he is. And he is really big into the feels part of the show. Plus, he likes seeing the, the kid run fast. But this episode of The Runaway Dinosaur had all of the feels. And whatever little feels were left over, they caught up in the next episode. But The Runaway Dinosaur... St the episode starts where we we catch back up with the the team right after a failed experiment. Um, in in a previous episode, uh, Barry gave up his speed to save Wally because Zoom had Wally. You, we discussed this the stupidness that that was that, but uh, they all they figure out a way to possibly get him his speed back, and that is to reenact the explosion in a, it seemed like sort of a controlled way um needless to say that goes straight to shit and it looks like barry at at the end of the episode before it looks like he's evaporated and we believe that he's dead of course. because we believe that this tv show would kill its main character absolutely i didn't i was shocked <laughs> when the next episode came on um i thought it was a serious finale <laughs> The way the episode starts is they're all reeling from just th this just happened. Oh, my God. Barry's gone. What are we going to do? Save my son. What do you and then? Yeah, both his dads are real pissed off. Both, yes, very much so. But Joe way more in control. Um, it turns out during the explosion that Jesse and Wally also got caught in the what is I guess it's the dark matter blast thing. And they were both knocked unconscious in the hallway so when uh they try to contact them to, to say come on into the room we got some shit going down that we need to talk about and there's no response they immediately realize that there's a problem and find them quickly in the hallway both knocked out um wally regains consciousness real quick and jesse is out but conveniently enough doctor or you know barry's father is 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 there he's he's a doctor doctor so they immediately say hey get him over here he can help us and he is still like destroyed that his child is gone uh he just showed up again for an episode or two he's like yeah i'm gonna stick around and be part of your life and do the right thing because i heard everybody say that it was kind of fucking stupid that i left in the first place but he is like you could see it in his face that when when Joe comes in and says, you know, Henry, we we need your help. You know, Jesse's Jesse's hurt. He sits there for a couple of beats, you know, really thinking that I'm not going to help this girl because her dad is the direct cause of my son being gone. And then he regains. He says, uh, nope, got to do the doctor thing. Let's take care of this. 
So there's this whole subplot of them dealing with stuff on Earth. Meanwhile, Barry has been taken into the Speed Force, which I thought which is one of the most comic booky statements <laughs> ever you could possibly make ever. Which is apparently a thing that is possible. <laughs> yes. And the the story is that the Speed Force is humanized so that it could communicate with Barry because apparently Barry needs to get needs to do something to move on with his life. And the Speed Force comes in the form of, you know, Joe and Iris, um, his of course, his mom. <laughs> His dead mom, because that wouldn't be unsettling. And, Way to go, Speed Force. <laughs> like, but <laughs> they keep it, it. It's funny because all right, he shows up first at his childhood home, and it seems like right after the death of his mother, because there's still police tape up, and it's it's supposed to be looking like a younger Joe because he's in his you know beat cop uniform, and he's like, well, we thought that you know you being someplace familiar would be comforting to you. How is this location comforting? Like right over there, there should be a you know a chalk outline of where his mother's body was. You uh, like murder scenes, right? right? You, you're a forensic scientist. Yeah, this is comforting, this right? This is cool, right? Um, and they're just trying to to get Barry to do something, and the 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 I don't even know how to like. The, he has to catch something. There's something racing around in this little dream world of his. So. Joe says it's Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Joe, <laughs> Joe says, you know, the Speed Force has been here from the beginning. We'll be here at the end. You know, we are a constant. And he keeps saying we and shit like that. Um, you'll get you'll go back home, uh, but you have to catch that first. And then we see the blur run away. So Barry goes to chase after the blur, ends up in, in the park. The park where he and Iris first kissed right before he traveled through time and erased that incident. So yet another awkward moment in his life for them to bring up. Um, she, you know, same story. There's something on you. You got it. You got to get over this. Got to get over this. Go chase your thing. He <laughs> go chase the blur. He goes and chases off again, ends up. At his mom, like by his mom's side. Yet I don't understand how this is supposed to be comforting, but apparently it is because there's a little book, and the the thing that he has to get over is his the death of his mother. That he couldn't do anything about it. He just has to to pretty much shut up and deal. And the the resolution to this story is that he will never ever get over his mother's death, but he's okay with that now. <laughs> so yeah. Now while he's going through all of these trials, they're figure on Earth they're figuring out how they can get him back because Cisco vibes and sees him in I what they are made the image of the Speed Force, like lots of swirly, whirly blue lights. And they figure out a way that they can use Cisco to communicate with the with Barry while he's in the Speed Force and he sort of does, but Barry is also communicating with the Speed Force, and he's like, well, can I go back? And they're like, yeah, but it'll be without your speed. And then Barry decides, I'm going to stay here and get my speed back. So 
he turns his back on Cisco. Cisco, you know, doesn't take that too lightly. They then call in the big guns and they bring Iris in, which I, I, it was just just convenience because Barry caught the blur. The blur, of course, was himself, and now everything is okay. So he's ready to go. That's when Iris shows up. So, yeah, I didn't really buy that whole like, oh, it was Iris, and you know, it, it, if they'd sent anybody else, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, no, it wasn't Iris. It was timing, but. The scene between him and his mother and the reading of, uh, well, not even the reading, the, 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 the retelling of the, the storybook that she used to read him when he, I mean, I was, I was heartbroken. Like, it was pretty sweet. It, and that was a very cute story. It was. It was and adorable. I wish that was a real book, but it's not. I, I think it's based, they said it was based off of uh, Run Rabbit Run or something to that effect. It's another story that they couldn't get the rights to this, so they sort of switched uh, it up a bit. They made it up. Gotcha. Um. But he comes, I mean, like, he, his character has come full circle. He is okay now with the situation that is his life. He's got his speed back. He is now back in, he, he makes his way back to, to Earth. Um, another little side plot. For some reason, the explosion also brought Girder back to life, which was the bully dude that can, you know, absorb metal or or elements and turn into them why they put this zombie plot in there i'm not 100 percent sure but of course they needed to fill the rest of the episode well there was there was a unconscious girl and story i like they could have just anyhow he comes back a cute little little interaction between him and jason muse when jason muse yells out that's my mom's car (laughs) (laughs) um and and of course barry gets back to Earth just in time to save the day and kill Girder again. So, I, I, this show, it, 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 it's such a roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> yeah, I love that when he when he finally came back through the portal and, and Cisco was like, I'm so glad you're back. We're totally going to die. <laughs> I mean, the interactions were like, you could tell that there was a little more of Kevin Smith stuff in there. Like everybody, like, Cis- like Jay, <laughs> other than Jay, <laughs> like Jay playing Jay. <laughs> the 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 Cisco's parts in in the show were great. Like they they he he was the comic relief, but he did it. I guess drier. Like he, I don't know. I just like they did a really good job with him in this episode because he kept the whole story well the sub story rolling you know getting the extra information about how how he could save uh jesse and you know the girder information how they could stop him and so on and so forth so flash comes back stops girder goes over to jesse and she's still unconscious and he touches her and there's a shock and she wakes up so jesse is going to be a speedster she is going to be jesse quick just pay attention for that in the future. Um, at this point, the show sort of ends. The episode ends, um, but we get the with in the next episode. The didn't, the didn't there wasn't the end of that scene. The scene with um, Zoom and Caitlin. Oh, that's right. I totally even forgot that subplot where the Zoom has Caitlin captured, and he's giving her a choice whether to hang out with him 
or leave. Uh, don't answer. I'm going to go talk to my friends. And apparently Zoom has acquired all of the metas. All of them are now on his team. And he is going to cause sheer havoc through their city. Uh, he's taken over the police station. That happened an episode or two ago. But uh, I can't. Is it was it was either at the end of that episode or in the next episode where he releases her and she's like in shock, like she is fucked up for the for the. I know for entire episode twenty two, uh, she keeps seeing him in like flashes of light mm -hmm. and shit. Like she is scared shitless. Um, in the next episode called Invincible, it opens up with all all of the meta humans wreaking havoc. Um, and the Flash pretty much just running around, you know, rounding them up, grabbing them here, grabbing them there, taking them back to, you know, Star Labs to capture them. And he is really, really upbeat. Like, he is happy and jazzed and has a positive outlook on everything. To Guess what, guys? Speed Force <laughs> is on our side. Nothing can stop us. And everybody else is really uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I loved, like, every, he would say something and leave the room, and everyone else would look at each other like, uh... What, really? I, I, I think they took a turn with every character to talk to him in, like, the hallway. Like, hey, you know, like, you're not invincible. Hey, is everything okay? You're acting kind of weird. And I felt bad because he's, like, on, a, on an upbeat. And everybody kept trying to bring him down. Um, the But, you know, it's because maybe Barry's the only one on the show who hasn't seen TV before and knows that when you're on a TV show and you say, <laughs> nothing can stop me, something's, something's going, going, going to, to stop you. you. Um... The special guest in the in this episode is the Earth Two version of Black Canary, aptly named I I want to say Black Siren. Yeah, yeah, Black Siren. Yeah, which kind of hurt my heart, but that's okay. Uh, Zoom has her just rolling up on buildings and screaming them down. For and, and she can do that because she actually has superpowers, unlike the silly little the other neck thing she had, right? An arrow. Uh, she and, is an actual metahuman. Affirm that uh, Katie Cassidy is no less annoying as Black Siren than she was <laughs> as Black Canary. I liked her a little better I, than Black I, Siren. I did like her a little bit more in this episode. I mean, Not because she wasn't more. she wasn't Laurel Lance, right? So that's right. something. Right. She wasn't laureling all over the place. <laughs> I will also say that her outfit, like, appeared to have been made for her, whereas in Arrow, like. The outfit that they put her in for Black Canary never fit that woman. Like, <laughs> everything about it just, it didn't work for her body type at all. Like, especially the mask. Like, she's got this humongous face. And <laughs> they put, like, the biggest, loopiest domino mask on her ever. So it just looks like she had this giant alien head. And this is not an unattractive woman. Like, she is a very pretty girl, but... That outfit was doing her no favors, and when you're taking an attractive actress woman who is in shape and putting her in a tight leather outfit, and it is not flattering, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something seriously, seriously wrong. Um, but this like dress kind of thing that she had cooking, like it's like a, she looked a good. And it looked like it was made for her. Coat type of thing going on. Yeah, that no coat mask. was badass. No yeah. mask. I'll take one, please. Um, so she's she's wandering around just screaming buildings down uh for for reasons we don't really know why zoom's just telling her to do it and 
he hasn't explained why. Like, they make some sort of um, explanation at some point that it's like, it's a distraction. So Barry yeah, has because, to figure out what the real plan is. Right. Yeah, I, I really like that plan. Zoom is all just like, and go break down, uh, I don't know, that building. Because you know, <laughs> I want him to know, like, think that there's some kind of pattern going on. And he'll never be able to figure it out. Because there's no pattern. <laughs> Which is, as evil plans go, not the worst one I've yeah, ever Yeah, that's heard. not bad. Not bad at all. Um, my favorite part of this episode is the reintroduction of Dr. McGee. Uh, apparently, Black Siren screamed down her building. Flash saves her. And... I'm, I'm pretty sure he takes her back to Star Labs, or it was right after he says it. It was she, right, right after he put her down on the ground. And she thanks, she, she thanks Mr. Allen, and she looks at him square <laughs> in the face. She says, "I'm not stupid." <laughs> yeah. uh, that there was that scene of him like running up, saving, grabbing her, and then like running down the debris as it's falling to get her down to safety they did all that in slow-mo it was really cool i, I love their their speed like, effects on this show they do they a really good job and they don't often show him slowed down it's always like he's like shooms, you know <laughs> doing whatever he's doing really fast but like that was like look this is how he does what he does instead of us just showing you like a blur and then like whatever the emergency is is done it's like this is no this is what he does and it's really fucking cool uh so she is now on the team to try to for this episode at least to where they're trying to figure out how to stop black siren uh la, la, la. what else is going on oh wally there's a whole wally storyline where he's like a <laughs> badass now trying to fight crime with his car <laughs> <laughs> bless his little heart i mean there's there's a scene where siren and the flash are like facing off and she like takes him down like if it wasn't for wally showing up the flash would have lost but wally shows up by like power sliding into her and knocks her like across the street and he's like hey i think you needed a ride like really dude you could have come up with a better line than that but i guess um there are interactions between there have been a number of interactions between Barry and Zoom or, or the Flash and Zoom where Zoom is trying to convince Barry that they are way more similar than Barry would like to think. And we have seen this in a number of episodes, especially when we found out his backstory about his parents' death and so on and so forth. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in this episode other than the ending. They, they stop. Her. Oh, there was the the very cuteness with uh, <laughs> they figure out a plan to to stop all the metas, but there's not enough time before Black Siren is gonna scream down the building, so they have to distract her with uh, Cisco and Caitlin. <laughs> oh, I that was another <laughs> yes. So uh, Cisco and well, I'm gonna just assume Cisco came up with the plan. Uh, Cisco and <laughs> I believe his words were, "I just had a really bad idea." <laughs> They show up to, I guess you could say, confront uh, Black Siren, but they are in the costumes of Reverb and what is, what's her name? Killer Frost. Killer Frost. And it works for about 45 seconds. <laughs> um, they're, they're, you know, talky, talky, talky. And then she says, well, like, prove it. And he does, 
he did like she went to go attack them and Cisco was able to use his powers in that concussive method where he knocks her away and then she gets up and goes to attack him again and then he just waves his hand at her and nothing <laughs> <laughs> so they 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 run but apparently it was enough time so that Barry can run around the city creating a force field of sorts for this vibration bomb that they're setting off that is it's set to vibrate or, or affect the people of Earth 2 or the metahumans from Earth 2 because they vibrate at a higher frequency. And that point was when, when Cisco and Wells were, you know, telling, hey, this is our plan. And Cisco kept saying, you know, they, they vibrate at a, you know, a weirder frequency or a different frequency. And, and Wells kept saying higher. I, I, I like I kept giggling and then at the end where he's like he's like will you just let me have this please please just come on now thank you um they they set off the the bomb it's working fine except for the fact that the protective headphones that uh Wells designed for him and his daughter because they are from Earth 2 his daughter's fails she's in pain uh, he takes off his to give to her, and he gets knocked out. I didn't understand why that was such a big deal, because this thing doesn't kill people. It just knocks them out. Knocks them out, yeah. And it's painful, I, but it just it's this, not that big a deal. This whole plan was a little silly to me. Like, they, they went to a lot of pains to explain, like, we're going to do this, and the vibrations, and the thing in... <laughs> doing this like just tell me we did science yeah well they did they they tell you all the points so that you know how many points things could go wrong and will go wrong um so that's fine just tell me we did some science and it worked that's i don't (laughs) um so the plan sort of works uh wells is unconscious all the metahumans are out uh we think uh zoom recovers Go. Didn't he? Didn't he like create a portal and jump yeah, into it? Yeah, he jumped into the portal. Because apparently now he can do portals. He couldn't before, but well, he's now he's now faster. That's true. So he did get Barry speed back. He so. he he jumped into a portal when he when he felt things were going south. He jumped into a portal to escape. Uh, to, at the very end of the episode, conveniently enough, opens up a portal, comes back in, and kidnaps Barry's dad. Yeah, takes him away. Oh. And because he did that at a, like, they were having, like, a dinner at the West House mm-hmm. to celebrate. Oh, yeah, everything was going really nice. That was the upbeat moment. Yeah, that's when he except, shows up. <laughs> except that Zoom showed up and Barry was not in his Flash outfit. And the only person in the, the room who didn't know that he's the Flash was Wally. So now Wally knows. Yes, yes. I I, I don't see why it's such a big deal. But there are, there are a couple of points. I don't remember which episode it was, but I think it was this one where... Joe is like, you really got to talk to to Wally. He's doing stupid stuff. Go talk to him. Tell him to do not to do stupid stuff. Barry goes to say, hey, don't do stupid stuff. And then he does stupid stuff and saves him. So I, I guess he's okay with Wally doing stupid stuff. The the this is the penultimate episode. So from my recollection, it has always been this is the setup. It the really big setup for what is to be the epic event that is the season finale and flash has done it well both so far both seasons um 
Zoom kidnaps his father, takes him away. Barry follows. They have the verbal confrontation where Zoom is going off on the fact that we are similar. I'm going to prove it to you. And he's got his he's got Barry's dad in a headlock and he's Barry knows what's going to happen because apparently he has seen TV and he's like, no, <laughs> no, don't kill me, kill me. And the entire time, Henry is like, just just look at my just look at me. Everything is fine. Don't worry. And Zoom, like he says, I'll prove it to you and backs away and like just takes a half a step back and lets Henry go long enough for Henry to say, me and your mother are so. And that's when Zoom sticks his hand right through him and. I'm going to assume kills him because that can't be comfortable. No. How did he not say you're going to want to see this? Yeah. Yeah. How in the world did the writers miss that? I don't know. I don't know. But they, hey, they have a misstep every once in a while. Uh, I have to say that of these two episodes that you're talking about, the mom stuff in The Runaway Dinosaur was really good. This killed me. This was the thing of, of anything in those two episodes that was like made me cry. The 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 mother episode, the mother stuff hit me a little harder because, you know, I, I, I don't really like Henry Allen. I think he was kind of a douchebag most of the show. So but it's OK. I understand completely. Uh, yeah, it may, I mean, it has something to do with my daddy issues. So. Oh, OK. Well, that's fine. Um <laughs> I believe um, a friend of mine posted uh, as soon as the episode was over. Uh, Jeff, quote unquote, Jeff, quote unquote, daddy issues. Johns strikes the flash. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anything about Jeff Johns. <laughs> also, just a, a quick report from a handful of folks that I know on on uh, the Facebooks are like gushing about the crazy bananas that have happened on the uh, Flash finale. That is uh, airing right now. Son as we of record a this. bitch! All right, I we it gotta wrap this ended up. Ended like twenty six minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> it was apparently like crazy awesome. So I oh, and I still record that on my DVR, so I can actually watch that tonight. I don't have to do the Hulu thing tomorrow. <laughs> Win, son of a bitch. Um, but the episode ends on the primal scream of Barry watching his father die, fade to black. Yes, and thanks, show for reminding us an episode ago that this was a character because we spent all of season one getting him out of jail so that he could be with his son. And it was just like, eh, you know what? I don't think I've had quite enough time away from you yet. So I'm going to go live in a cabin in the woods. All right. Peace. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm back. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't really handle that character extraordinarily well, show. And I love you. I love you, show. I truly do. But. What the hell, man? Like, what? remember when the old X-Men cartoon, when Beast was all locked up in the first season and it was cool, and then the season two came out and, like, Beast was out of jail for season two going onward, and he just became a regular part of the show. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that on Flash. Mm -hmm. Well, Allen we discussed this Beast. before when, when he was leaving. You know, the, Barry already has a father figure, so they didn't know what to do with him. They can't take Joe out of that father figure role. Yeah, but the, you know what? You know what? Whose job that is? It's writers. They're writers, <laughs> and and that's called writing yourself into a corner, and uh, they need to have thought of that. Okay. Like 
just because they didn't know what to do with the character, that's not my problem. That's your problem. <laughs> you wrote a character that you didn't know what to do with. That's not a me And it wasn't problem. just like some dude Barry went to school with. This wasn't freaking Tommy Merlin that you could kill and then he's no longer part of Arrow. No, this is his freaking dad who was a major plot point for the first season. You needed to figure out. Well, what now to do he's with a major character. plot point for the second season as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know and what wh- more you want. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, writers, can you possibly write some chemistry in between Barry and Iris? Like the romance, <laughs> the last couple of episodes has just been like, well, fate seems to dictate that we should be together, so maybe we should be together. Okay, sounds good. What? <laughs> Just shy of shug- shrugging and going, okay. <laughs> like even when they're like, yeah, let's just let's let's give this a shot, and then they hug. What? <laughs> I think that's Barry's interest level as well, because Barry's just like, I've been in love with this girl since I was like two years old, <laughs> and she just, nah, it's not gonna happen. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, in the middle of all this other craziness, she's like. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Barry. We should we should do this thing. And Barry's like, "Yeah, oh, sure, let's go with it. Sure, why not? I mean, who the fuck knows what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't. Let's let's do it. Why not?" Are there any romantic pro- any other romantic prospects on this show for me? Hmm, let me check. Jesse, probably not. Caitlin, nope. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> I miss Patty. I like Miss Patty Spivet. She was awesome. I liked Patty. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about the only character that's been on the show that we still have no idea about is the man in the iron mask oh yeah uh-huh. i got my theory i have my theory as well and i had two theories uh one of which was it being his father and then i talked myself out of that one and now seeing that they killed off his father i have to give that a little more thought it's it, it, it's i don't I'm hoping that they actually show it this this you know season finale sh- episode that just finished. So I feel like they have to because that's so tied up with mm. Zoom and Zoom is the villain of this season and I yeah. don't think that they're whatever they do with Zoom I don't think they're I think they're going to wrap it up. I kind of feel like all right, this is this is like I, I don't have all the details ironed out. But I feel like the man in the mask is the actual Jay Garrick cuz we all know that Hunter Zolomon is Zoom. Mm-hmm. I believe that there is an actual Jay Garrick. And I also don't think that it was a, like some sort of bullshit coincidence that Barry's all like, Jay Garrick, and, and his dad's like, Garrick, that was your mom's maiden name. Like, oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah? That, that, yeah uh, uh-huh? Okay. So, yeah, I think that I think that in whatever alternate world this takes place in, Jay Garrick is um, his dad. In other world, I think is going to be played by the same actor. Okay, um, my that the dude other theory that I was him. confident in that I talked myself into that it's Eddie. Well, uh, yeah, that reason would be, being that would be fun. Number one, he is using uh, <coughs> a form of Morse code, and mm-hmm. structurally similar. Not a big man, not a small man. Structurally looks to fit the bill, and she just said, "I love you," or "We should try this out." And I've seen TV before. Right. So, And you know what? He wouldn't. I wouldn't believe him if he told me. Because <laughs> I really liked that answer. <laughs> they asked Zoom flat out, who's the man in the mask? Like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> I think it's Ronald Reagan. <laughs> 
I don't have a real good reason for my theory, but I, I, I just, you know, trying to think of people who on Earth 2 who are on the show that we haven't seen in Earth 2 yet. Could be Wally. Wally is a major character in the Flash, so it is exactly Wally. Wally West is the Flash in the comics in one iteration, unless I've missed my guess. Yes, and so that would be pretty cool, since it appears that the way they're going on Earth One is that Wally is not going to be a speedster. Maybe he is on Earth Two. Yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. All right, let's let's let's. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to watch the episode and then we'll come right back. Okay? (laughs) No, come on. All right. I love these shows. I, I, I cannot, honest to God, seriously, like, as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to go watch this. And I, it, it hasn't let me down yet. It has it has had spots of spottiness, but all in all, like, top-notch show. The, the exact way a comic book show should be done. I was discussing this show with some friends the other night, and they were saying, like, Flash is the show that, like, we're, we never have episodes backed up on our DVR. And we don't have a DVR, but I feel the same way. <laughs> well, it's, it's you know, they're, it's a, they're available on Hulu next day. And, no, yeah, I know. And I'm saying, we like, we, we always, like, yeah. this is always top of the list. Like, we never what do you marathon watch? the Flash. Flash. Right, like, I, we, we're going to be talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. later. I had to watch, like, seven episodes of the S.H.I.E.L.D. to get to the season <laughs> finale. I was like, ah, oh, man. All right, uh... Chris, let's wrap up. I'm gonna go ahead and keep this relatively short. Uh, <laughs> blind spot. Um, uh, so a lot of stuff has happened last handful of episodes. So let's see if I can I can rake this together. Uh, some hackers broke into the FBI, and uh, lots of people were yelling the phrase "I'm locked out." And in fact, like there was also a hacker on Arrow that week, mm-hmm. and people were yelling "I'm locked out." Mm-hmm. And then I realized that in every episode of everything that has ever involved a hacker. Somebody has used the phrase, I'm locked out, or they've locked me out. <laughs> it's just one of those hacker TV show phrases. It just keeps happening. It happened on so, S.H.I.E.L.D. too. <laughs> yeah, it happened on S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Oh, they've locked me out. Oh, she's locked me out. Yeah? fuck does that mean? Never mind. Screw it. Uh, so, all right. So, some hackers broke into the FBI, and they were going to do something ridiculous, like blow up a bunch of shit, I think. I don't even really remember. They were trying to get the names. They were going to reveal people's identities. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were going to sell a bunch of identities of a bunch of agents because they were dicks or something. So, yeah, uh, that didn't make sense. They're all dead, uh, and, and it was awesome. There, it was like an elevator episode. People were some people were literally caught in an episode, an elevator. Other people were just like caught in the building, and it was great. It was, I loved it. It was, it was, it was a good time. Great times were had by all. Woo. Um, <laughs> the following episode. Um, Man, what was the following episode? Teen races to identify an abandoned infant with the same tattoo as Jane. The baby. Oh, the baby episode, yeah. And this is the one where they wound up in like the cabin in the middle of nowhere, right? I uh, It's your responsibility to watch this show. I can't remember (laughs) all the stuff that happened. (laughs) I think I think this had something to do with like uh, basically, the, the 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 show seemed to be having a lot of fun with trying to figure out, all right, where haven't we had a gunfight yet? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just it was just a hoot. Um, they, yeah, there was another episode that involved like babies or whatever, and and so, uh, like they were starting the project with somebody else. Or so I don't even remember how they tied it all in together. The bottom line is that a bunch of shit happened involving like 
uh, in, a, in a handful of the most recent episodes, the dude who's been talking to Jane has been now like, all right, now I want you to like steal this pen off of Mayfair's desk, and I want you oh, to put this right. flash drive in, in there and all episode, that other shit. I saw like, that. I saw. The, okay. I saw. Good times. I saw that one with the hacker, and mm-hmm. they do the like they they catch Mayfair and they're and they're rattling off everything that she has done, and they do the. <laughs> Oh my God! Look at her face. She knows something, and they do the flash. Oh, I put that pen there. Ooh, I did this. Ooh, I did yeah, that. They went back to all this shit. <laughs> so, um, basically, like as Jane's been like doing all these little things for this group, who has you know convinced her that you know the FBI is the bad guys, and you got to do this stuff because you love me and you trust me, and blah, 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 blah. so she does all this stuff uh, against my better judgment because I didn't think she should do it, and she should clearly be listening to me. Um, <laughs> So she does all this stuff, and then it all comes to a head when Mayfair takes this lady home to, like, have sexy time, and then she wakes up and she's dead or something like no, that. No, she goes to get ice. <laughs> oh, yeah, she goes to get ice. She's like, ah, oh, this is going to be a great night. I'm going to go get some ice. We're going to come back. It's going to be fantastic. And she's fucking dead. Uh-oh. And she's like, she. they framed the crap out of her for this. And not only that, the other dude that died earlier in the season, they're framing her up for that shit, too. Like, this was all a play to get Mayfair out of the way. Mayfair, however, she ain't no fool, and she, like, just happened to have a key in her, like, bottomless stack of keys that worked on her little ankle bracelet, because they sent her home under house arrest for, I don't know, I guess that's how the plot had to move forward, <laughs> and um, so she winds up, like, tricking the, getting her ankle bracelet off and putting it on her dog or some shit like that, and she goes out trying to investigate shit, while Jane, she sees that, like, shit's gone south with Mayfair, and it's her fault, and she's like, uh-uh, I'm not having this business anymore, so she goes back to like meet up with her douchebag ex fiance guy. You look like Oscar you say something. Is Oscar. His name. <laughs> yeah, so she's meeting up with Oscar the Grouch and Mayfair comes in and she's all like, Jane, what are you doing here? Oh crap. You were responsible for all this business. I knew I shouldn't have trust you. And then, like, this guy, Oscar the Grouch, should be a fucking member of the FBI because he goes right for the kill shot. <laughs> no shooting in the knees. No wait or I'll shoot. None of that business. Just walks in the room, sees a gun on Jane, shoots her dead. Fantastic. Jane's all like, no, no, you can't die. I'm trying to explain, and nobody's letting anybody talk. Like, that's just the theme of this show. Nobody's letting anybody talk. So Mayfair bleeds out, and she's all like, I... She tries to kill her while, like, Jane's trying to save her. She's all, like, put, covering her up the, the 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 bullet wound, and she grabs her gun. She's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> <laughs> I loved that shit. It was... Uh, Mayfair was, like, hardcore right to the end. Um, so... Jane's all like, all right, I got to stop this business. Meanwhile, uh, the human garbage disposal, he goes to visit his dad in the hospital who's dying. And his dad, like, as he's dying, is just like, remember how I said I didn't kill Taylor and that other woman was Taylor? Well, I fucking did. I was actually, <coughs> I was actually responsible this whole time. And I let you believe it that I wasn't. Bleh. And then he died. And that was me making my, and then he died sound. And so Kurt is all just like, well, I guess I'm going to go to work tomorrow because he fucking shows up to work the next day. I know, and he didn't like say anything to anybody until like all this stuff is happening around him and everyone's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And he's like, my dad died. I got to go. <laughs> like, Kurt, you've been here for 15 minutes walking around like, well, actually, you're just walking around like normal. So <laughs> you're walking around with some like, like somebody with no personality. What's going on? And, oh, nothing. My dad died. Peace. So he goes and he goes home and he's just like, all right, dad said that he buried her under the fort. 
So he meets up with his sister, goes to their old house, finds the fort, which is this big, like, wooden fort thing. The two of them tip over the fort and start digging underneath it. And they're, they get, like, four feet underground. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, he killed a, girl, a little girl, moved a giant wooden fort, dug it up, buried her, put all the dirt back, then put the fort back all by himself, then came into the house and nobody noticed. And he noticed. was, like, gone for, like, a couple of hours <laughs> yeah, in like, this scenario. And, and this, this fort is, like, in the backyard and nobody <laughs> noticed. All right, so, yeah, clearly they don't find the bones under there because uh, it doesn't make any logical sense, this brilliant FBI age, agent, Kurt Weller. Um, and then he's, like, in the garage and he sees intent and he, like, poops his pants. And he's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> It was another fort. It was the fort, this fort something or other where we used to camp. And so he goes out there and it's like this, it's this huge lot where a tent would go. And he's just like, well, I'm going to start digging. And he winds up finding the, 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 the bones for Taylor. And, uh, oh, it was the, ep- oh, I'm sorry. I got to go back. We got <laughs> to go back. back. <laughs> what a fun lost reference. Oh boy. It was the, um, the the elevator thing. Remember when they were caught in the elevator? Yes. And they were um reaching for the <laughs> Oh god. All yes, right, so during the bottle episode. During the bottle episode, black guy, uh Reed. Reed. He's in there with uh Weller's sister who he wasn't allowed to date because some dude threatened him. Long story, nobody cares. And some other girl who was like the most annoying character in the history of television, and I'm so sad they didn't kill her off. But like the elevator was gonna fall down to the bottom floor. And, like, he, like, was holding onto a rope, and this hole in the ceiling of the elevator, like, went around him in the most perfect manner so that he didn't get hurt. And when he got up, I, I, I said, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to shit all of my pants retroactively. <laughs> poop every pair of pants I own. Because <laughs> it wasn't enough for him to need to crap the pants he was wearing then. Because that's what I would do. I would have went home and I would have crapped every pair of pants I own. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, I digress. Back to what we were talking about. Um, so, uh, uh, what's-her-face? Mayfair is dead and Weller's dad actually did kill Taylor and so he, like, he grabbed a boot with a bone sticking out of it. And I guess just to be sure, he pulls the whole bo- bone out of the boot. It's like, dude, 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 <laughs> you got your answer. What are you playing with the bones for? Stop it. Creepy <laughs> You're fuck. officially tampering with a crime scene, sir. Yes, you are officially being gross. <laughs> and, and may I remind you that you are a law enforcement officer. <laughs> so he, he, he um, Taylor uh, is, is uh, following a douche nuts oscar the grouch and uh oscar's like bought a bunch of lie and he's gonna obviously like burn the body of mayfair like disintegrator or whatever so he follows her he follows him after this barn where he's gonna take care of business and she thinks she's being all slick but he's just like i know you're there and i got a taser and now i'm gonna tie you up and i'm gonna re-erase your memory because clearly we didn't do it good enough the first time and we have, we gotta go back. We yeah, we gotta go back. Over. So uh, here, here's hoping that this all uh, pans out this time better than it did last time. She does the whole Black Widow thing from the first Avengers, where she like breaks the chair by flipping over herself, mm-hmm. but not before getting him to totally monologue and oh, tell yeah. like a lot of the plan. And he talks a lot about this guy Shepard that we've never seen, but we've heard talked about, mm-hmm. and like he's the one in charge. 
So really what they did is reset the whole show with like, oh, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't this evil thing over here. It turns out it was this guy the whole time. Yeah, and now bigger, you figure out who that bigger, is. Bigger, better evil. And it's like, all right, that seems pretty natural. Clearly this guy's answering to somebody. All right, good times. Great oldies, cool 98.3. So <laughs> she she starts fighting the guy and the barn catches on fire because this show is awesome. <laughs> and like the fire is just spreading everywhere. And then eventually like... They're, and they're fighting. They're fighting with a freaking scythe at one point, And like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Actual <laughs> farm equipment in this barn, and they're fighting with it. And, you know, Oscar winds up getting impaled on this scythe, and then the whole thing's on fire. So, all because evidence. The, fight, the barn burner. <coughs> man. All the evidence. All the. Wit- it's all Mayfair's gone. body. Yeah, it's all completely engulfed in, like, I mean, solid flame. Like the flame that um, Daenerys walked out of the other episode in uh, in Game of Thrones. This was that in a barn. Like, yeah, it was I don't like know when they what lit kind the barn of barn on fire in uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, it was kind of like that, except like the whole barn must have been doused in oil or something like that. It was just the most flammable, flammable barn in the history of barns. So, <laughs> so she's all like, "All right, well, today's not going my way." Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk to Kurt. So she goes and tries to find Kurt, and then Kurt. Oh, I love this scene. So Kurt took uh the teddy bear out of the grave, um, because that was Taylor's teddy bear, and obviously he wanted a memento or some shit like that. And he's just like, "You're not, you're not Taylor." And she's like, I'm trying to tell you I'm not Taylor. I just found out like 15 minutes ago. Would you let me talk? And he's just like, I'm a garbage disposal. You're not Taylor. I don't like you. And he pulls a gun and he's like, you're under arrest. And I look at Karen and she goes, for what? (laughs) And you know what? The show didn't tell us for what. Just like you're under Jane Doe. You're under arrest. And that like fade to black credits. (laughs) Under arrest for what? Lying to a garbage disposal? Like, <clears throat> she didn't actually commit any crimes that he knows about. All he knows is that she's not Taylor. Like, and that, and that he thinks that she lied law. about it. <laughs> okay. What, what exact crime is he arresting her for? Ah, I'm just, I'll figure that shit out later. And that's the season, that's this big season finale cliffhanger. This, ladies and gentlemen, let us remind you, is the person that the FBI thought was qualified to replace Mayor Mayfair when they put her under arrest. Uh-huh. Was a guy who was going to go then arrest Jane Doe on no charge whatsoever. Because I don't like you. <laughs> and the, the thing is, like, he wouldn't let her talk, and this is, uh... This is something that Flash does well and that this show just doesn't do. And I was really hoping for, like, just a let's let's get these two characters on the same page. Because, like, everybody else is going to be like, oh, no, I didn't trust this bitch from day one. No, no, this is not okay. But, like, I feel like there could have been enough of a conversation between Weller and her to be, like, just on some sort of, like, at least tepid common ground here. Like, dude, there's something big going on here. Like... I did this shit, and yes, put me under arrest, I get it, but we need to talk, you need to listen to me for a minute here, like, dudes did things, framed Mayfair, she's dead, you don't know that already, and uh, let's try to move forward here, and granted, I'm so interested to see what happens in season two, I really am. She's arrested, she is framed for Mayfair's death. Welcome to episode one of season two. She's, but she is kind of responsible for Mayfair's death too. Like, there's also no body. 
Yeah, there is no body, so there is that. Because so, it was in the barn. Exactly. There's there is no way to prove any of the stuff that you know Jane is going to say. But I mean, the bottom line is is that like she should be under arrest. She did a bunch of shit that she wasn't supposed to do, like with the FBI with the pen and the mm-hmm. and the flash drive and whatnot. So like, yeah, she is in trouble, and I'm fine with them being in trouble. I just wish there would be. Some little tiny bit of more communication, but the uh, the thing about Jane that we've seen throughout the, all these episodes is like when they get into a situation where it seems like there's no way out, she thinks of something, she says something that like they you know, but in this situation where she had this confrontation with Kurt, he you know he had her at gunpoint, he got her on her knees, she had her hands on her head, and he's like, I'm putting you under arrest. Like she okay, she was complying with all his instructions. There was nothing like. He had no reason to, you know, do anything more to her. Why wasn't she saying anything? Like, she wasn't... Yeah, she's just like, come here, But please, but please, but listen, please. But, but like, say something like... Mayfair's dead and I know who killed her. Yeah, thank you. You just <laughs> There's a the show end of the episode. Exactly, the there's a head. showstopper, come on. <laughs> anyway, Blind Spot, awesome show, dumb as a brick. Let's move on. They also did a good job setting up the next season too. The uh, while um, while Kurt was off finding Taylor's body and Jane was off, you know, get, getting all this intel about what the real plan is. The team was uh, following Mayfair's footsteps in her investigation, and it w- it was kind of a whole cutesy <coughs> like you know cat and mouse thing where they had to solve a bunch of puzzles to. Um, find the breadcrumbs that that Mayfair left for them. But when they did, they finally got into her safe at her house. She left a flash drive, which they broke the encryption on, and they got in and, like, she left them all the information that she was being blackmailed about. Like, all these secret projects that she knew about or was involved in that was the reason that she was killed, basically. So yep. now the team, like, knows all this shit. And I thought that was cool that the uh, the password to break the encryption on the flash drive was, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mayfair was a great <laughs> character. I am sad that she's dead. Uh, I'm, uh, oh, okay. Evan's mind is blown right now. <laughs> like there's the, and like I watched the I watched all these episodes, Chris watched all these episodes. Unless you watched all of this stuff, what he he was just saying and what I threw in there probably didn't make any sense to you because so much shit happens in this show. Like it's just every every, t- every time I do watch it, it is slightly overwhelming. <laughs> it's very like it's very, very intense, just like Kurt Weller's voice. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> You're under arrest for lying to a garbage disposal. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at that. <laughs> All right. We need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so <laughs> stay tuned. This week's apathetic enthusiasm is something a bit different. Brandon and Travis attended the amazing Hawaii Comic Con this past weekend, and they had the distinct pleasure of moderating a panel with Scott Lobdell, Emma Fife, and Meredith Placco about the current state of comic book movies. Everyone involved had a blast, and this week's episode is the recording of that event. Give a listen to Apathetic Enthusiasm, Episode 68, Comic Cinematic Revolution Panel. 
Earlier this month, Geekade went to the Atlantic City Boardwalk Con and surprised Atlantic City, New Jersey, and they took all sorts of pictures and videos while they were there. We've been posting about them all week, and the videos are still showing up on our YouTube page all week long. So go to the Think Tank and read ACBC 2016 Recap, that's Atlantic City Boardwalk Con 2016 Recap for those of us that can read, and keep your eyes on our YouTube page for the latest interviews from the event. Cosplay can be super fun, but it's even more fun when you get to involve unusual tools in the process. Geekade's Dawn Blake writes about some of her favorite cosplay tools now that con season is in full swing. There's a tiny anvil involved. It's awesome. Read Fun with Cosplay Tools, located in the Think Tank. The Stone Age Gamer Podcast recorded their 100th episode last week, and it's quite the doozy. Listen to almost two hours of Chris, Dan, Dean, returning co-hosts Mike and Tiff, and special guest Ryan Cross talk about various video game companies and whether or not they're still worth their salt. There's also lots of talk about their favorite memories from the show's 100-episode history. If you haven't already given a listen to the Stone Age Gamer podcast, check out episode 100. We can't believe you're still here. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for checking out our commercials. So, uh, this week was it? Was it this week? It was this week was the season finale, right? Yep. Okay, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has come to a conclusion for this season. I I don't know. I, I watched so many of these episodes back to back. I don't know where one episode ended and one began all i know is is that uh her name is not sky anymore what's it daisy daisy daisy's a drug addict <laughs> she's addicted to hive <laughs> now correct me if i'm wrong there's a hive in agents of shield and there's a hive in arrow right yes i've said this okay. before like they need to come up with other things other thing other words well to name things. bee colony doesn't roll off the tongue as well as hive um okay so well in shield hives a dude and in arrow it's a bunch of dudes <laughs> oh so much clearer <laughs> makes so much more sense now um hive who what was his original name douche ward ward, ward. ward is now uh, uh, a a Inhuman because he was infected on that planety universe thing. Well, it's not Ward; it's Ward's corpse. Yes, yes, true. Because Coulson killed Ward by crushing. Yeah, his he chest. killed him dead. He crushed his chest. Crushed his it chest was fantastic with his robo hand, which was awesome. Um, but Hive took over, uh, brought him back to life. Brought him back. Not all, like he was sort of zombie looking at the beginning, very gaunt, kind of like you see all his ribs and shit. But then you know he's looking good now. He's back to full health. Yeah, he ate a bunch of people. Yeah, it's good. Um, and the theory behind Hive is he he shoots this like polony type stuff in your face, and you you just want him. You want more Hive in your life, and uh, Daisy was infected, and in and and they sort of teamed up for a couple of episodes, and within those episodes, her her team of Shield agents kept trying to save her, but she kept fighting back. Uh, over I don't know three or four episodes, she put a hurtin on a number of them. That poor big ass black guy got the ever living shit kicked out of him every other episode. 
Yeah, and she damn near killed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the final season finale episode, she has been saved, or well, recovered. She more or less, more or less, because that uh, May's husband, yeah, absorbed um, the shit out of her and now made her immune to it. Yep, and so that while they're that while they're testing her to make sure that she's okay they have her locked up in that cube thing and she is really on a down note um she's very guilty about everything that she did uh she feels that she should be arrested she should be held without you know she should be let go you know whatever guilt 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 uh while this is all going on the brother-in-law from the mummy series creates a <laughs> a took me because I yeah. know that guy's name, so like it took me a minute to figure what the hell is he talking That's about? Right. Oh, John Hanna. There you go, John Hanna, playing Holden Radcliffe, creates a formula, a serum. I don't know. It could turn regular humans into inhumans, but they're I don't know alieny looking factory rejects. Like, they're not attractive people. They they got no. They can't really see. They're, yeah, they don't have a whole lot of brains going no. on. They're just they're like really, they're they're not okay. They're slightly stronger than normal human beings. I think uh, at the height of adrenaline, human at the height of adrenaline is the, is is their their level of strength. Sure, let's go with that. But well, that's what he says, and I was like, really, that's not very strong. Um, the 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 plan is Hive is going to take this formula, put it in a nuclear warhead, put it on a rocket, shoot it up into space, blow it up in the atmosphere so that it coats and infects a bunch of humans, like all of like them. all of them. But but they're all gonna be like the primitive. Yeah, they're all gonna form. be the dumb ones, <laughs> the not cool ones. Um, but of course, Shield intervenes and they stop the rocket from launching. So they have to go to Plan B, which is take the warhead elsewhere. Now, I think I really don't think that this was a plan. I think this 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 just happened, and it was like a convenient thing because Shield takes the warhead. It's now at their station. Conveniently enough, Shield has an aircraft that could fly into the upper atmosphere and just carry it, and then they'll just blow it up up there, and it'll sprinkle down. Now, the only way that this can happen is if Hive gets into the Shield headquarters, and we were all pretty sure that that wasn't going to happen because Hive got captured. He got locked up in that jelly stuff okay everything was cool end of season no he gets set free his zombie buddies break him out by literally punching him out and he then proceeds to take over all of shield headquarters by slowly but surely infecting other agents like they were literally like the 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 thing went off a little bit or whatever, whatever effect. Like I, I can't remember if it was like a smaller. It was like a big gas cloud that came out of a box. It was that, and they were just grabbing dudes and, and dragging them in, the them in there. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, the thing with the primitives is that they have whatever skills the person that they used to be had. 
So, like, when the, all these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents got turned, it was like, oh, now they're kind of, like, super strong, but they also, like, know all about the base because mm-hmm. they're S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Right. So, so like, this was a big problem for the people who were our heroes. You know? Right. They, and they and the Hive took it down pretty, and his army took it down pretty quickly. Um, they The team comes up with a way to sort of stop him. And they have to do a little bit of distraction. They get him walking down a hallway where they've set up the 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 mind eraser thing in the hallway where they scramble his brains. And for, I don't know, a third of the episode, he's walking around flashing through memories, not really being coherent. Like he was he was warred. He, he like because he holds the memories of everybody he absorbs i guess mm-hmm. so he's okay fortunately enough for him he quickly regains his his plan his memory and they take the ship up into space with the warhead on it now that while that's happening freaking uh daisy Sneaks up onto that ship. They take one of their jets, one of the Quinn jets, and land it on top of it. And they try to, like, storm the place. Shit goes sideways. And the whole time, Daisy is trying to to, to, to prove that she is, like, on the, the side of the shield. Because at the very end of the last episode and the beginning of this episode... She asks her him to take her back because she's a junkie for Hive. So she spends the... Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene I didn't necessarily see coming. I thought this, this show was... I didn't think the show was like really kind of brazen enough to do that. And when she just went up to him and was like, I'm not here to stop you. Take me back. I, I, need, I need this. And, and for... It was, it was addict behavior. Right. It was pretty cool. It was, it, and they, they took that, that, that storyline, that bit of it, pretty far in the episode. Uh, mm. sh- from pre from a previous episode where she they, there was that guy that could see the future by touching people, mm-hmm. she still has a a notion of what's how for the past like three, she has this premonition of like this scene in the cockpit of a spaceship where there's a, a shield agent dies. You see a, a shield jacket and a cross, and they're playing like and music blood floating. and blood, and they're playing musical shield jacket and cross throughout the entire, the entire episode. Like, episode. Now this guy's got say, the jacket, now this guy's got the emblem, and da 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 da. This this gambit really pissed me off, and it really took away from the story. Like, oh, who's gonna die? Who's got the jacket? And, and you're so focused on like, where's the cross? Who's got the jacket? Who's gonna be on the ship? Mm-hmm. That like, it just took away from the rest of the story. Yeah, it was it was yeah, a, a shell bit. game the entire episode. Um, watching like the whole interaction between uh Yo-Yo and I can't I can't remember who's the, who's the big black Mac. Mac, like they they they're all about their their storyline involved heavily with faith and and you know losing it if you will losing faith and trying to regain that and at one point in time, uh Mac and Yo-Yo are. are heading somewhere to go do something or to get away or no they're trying to get to the armory before the zombie dudes get there first and unfortunately the primitives get there first because when they open the door to walk into the armory they are they are all armed and they just start shooting and mac is standing in the doorway and he is a 
big human being, so he takes up the whole doorway. But all you see are are bullet holes riddle through the glass around him, and he's expecting to be shot. And it for a split second, I thought it was a, a like a stormtrooper reference because earlier, or maybe was it earlier in the episode when they did the hologram thing? Was that before or after? <laughs> that was amazing. Was that before or after? I feel like that was before. I feel like it was before, too. That's why I felt it was going to be a Star <laughs> Wars reference. But um, he doesn't get shot. It turns out that Yo-Yo tried to use her powers to uh, catch the bullets, and she caught a bunch of them and stopped a bunch of them, but got shot in the stomach. She got a gut shot. And we don't see this until like he's sort of like, flexes to be like prepared for getting shot like 47 times and he doesn't and then the camera just looks over his shoulder and you see her just just eat it done she passes out and you know now it's they have to save her but the reason i i bring you know the whole star wars thing earlier when they were coming when they brought the quinjet onto whatever the bigger jet is um colson is it walks out to the end of the the doc thing and he's talking to ward hive dude and it's monologue long monologue and i know this is the distraction thing like i know this is the purpose of this whole conversation and it turns out that it was a hologram it was a distraction and as colson is walking onto the ship to like find where it's coming from Colson goes on this little tear of like, and this is a little trick that we picked up. And God, I've always wanted to do this. And he leans over and says, Obi-Wan, you are. <laughs> Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. He goes into it like he's, he's doing the bending over exactly the right way. And, and everything. Ward is, was... is waving his hand in front of it. So it gives it that little flashy effect. It was so priceless. Um, So everything comes to a head. Where the 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 ship is now, like the, their plan is to get the warhead off of the big ship into the little ship so that they can shoot it out into outer space. Well, that's their plan. I need to tell you my plan while watching this. Okay, episode, right. What's your plan? I know someone's gonna die, and there's one character in particular that I want to die. So my plan this whole episode is get Lincoln on the spaceship <laughs> and the. <laughs> whole episode i'm just like i don't know man i don't they got to get lincoln on that spaceship and then like every time something moved in that direction like yes when he they put him on the spaceship, like yes they're gonna do it they're gonna kill it they keep trying to give me these misdirects like oh they're gonna kill fitz oh they're gonna kill yo-yo oh they're gonna kill mag oh well they're gonna kill colson oh maybe they're gonna kill sky uh daisy and they're like that i was pretty convinced they were gonna kill daisy and sky like but then Lincoln got on the ship and was like, yes, give him the coat, give him the cross, give him the coat, give him the cross. Come on. There was a point uh, in the episode before the finale where uh, Lincoln was like, uh, I'm going to leave the team after this is over. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And uh, Colson was like, well, what are you going to do? And Chris and I look at each other and we're like, die in space, die in space. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time so he would say something or whatever in the next episode or so, I'd just look at me like, yeah, go die in space. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm i not a big fan of him either. And I I wanted, if someone was going to die, I would be okay with him dying. But then they like, they <coughs> shot him or hurt him mortally. Like he was bad. And I'm like, damn it. Now, like he's out of the running. Like they got me because right before that whole little interaction, 
they show yeah. him incapacitated. Like, he has got a gut wound of, like, I don't know what happened. Like, I looked at that. I was just like, oh, well, well, he's might he's going to die anyway. So <laughs> that would be a great opportunity for him to be like, well, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to take this opportunity to sac- my, sacrifice myself for the woman I love. Like, we well, buy that for more than a point five of a second like seriously talk about two people with zero chemistry well she did an emotional shits this episode like she did a good job yeah she was great she was really he good. sucks he on the other hand was fucking balled up gym socks uh i'm sure he's a perfectly fine actor but this character is just dead fish he's just <laughs> well all right let's lame. let's so sky fully believes it's, she's gonna die she has the coat she has the cross and now she has the warhead. She has taken it onto the Quinjet. She's locking it down. Um, Ward Hive confronts her. And then we hear why it can't be her. Because the, the electrocuted guy is the only one who could have electrocuted the controls so that it can't mm-hmm. be manually undone. With that, he shoots the girl he loves in the chest. So <laughs> zaps her right out of the spaceship and takes off. And Ward is unlike he's just stuck from the, the G force of the jet leaving the atmosphere. He's just stuck to the bottom of the ship. Just fantastic. I do like when they hit like the upper atmosphere and all of a sudden it just goes ka-chunk and everything stops and then they just start floating around real quiet like I was like, there's no fight there. Now they're just like, huh. Well, this kind of sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, both, I guess we're both going to die now. Both came to grips with it real quick. And, of course, <coughs> their plan works. It explodes out in space for what appeared to be a whoop. That was it. It was whoop, and everybody was gone. So, yeah. yay. Before you get to what happened after that, I have to call out the fight scene between um, Daisy and uh, Hive. That was awesome. was so freaking awesome. The- Where she's like, she's going like full on martial arts, but with her powers. Mm-hmm. And like, she was punching with her quake powers, yes. which was so cool looking. And the way that Hive was blocking all those, like, it was such a well done fight. The action in these last couple episodes was just top notch. Like... I know I I sound like I don't I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging this show at all like this show I really have have grown to like this show quite a bit. I like it not as much as Flash, but I definitely like it more than Arrow. Mm-hmm. It's just it's gotten so interesting and so good. But yeah, the, the very end of the episode. Well, the, um, the fight scenes was, they have given Sky the skills right up there with May. Like, yeah, like she's if there's a fight really scene with either does. one of them, it's a solid, solid fight scene. And the end of that that fight between her and and Hive, where she just like breaks every other bone in his body, and he's all crumpled up. Yeah, and she's like oof, that that looks like it's painful. And nope, brother stands up, cracks himself back into shape, and continues on. Um, so after the explosion in space. We do the standard television six months later where Coulson is sitting at a window with binoculars and he's looking at something. We're not 100% sure what that something is yet because who came in with Mac came in with sandwich. Mac came in. But first we saw those newspaper articles saying that Quake was like gone rogue or whatever. Right. And they're calling the 
Daisy was officially calling herself Quake now, which is what her comic book counterpart is called. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. That's cool. Um, I don't. I didn't fully understand what she was doing. Was she doing all of this bad stuff to provide for future dude's family? I don't know why yeah. she was doing what I'm, she was yeah, doing. Yeah, I'm that. completely I don't think they were uncertain. That okay, because like completely uncertain of her motives. Because they the 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 wife that was his wife and his daughter, right? Yeah. Okay. That was totally her taking care of future dude. And like she, no question about that. She but. thanks her for everything that she has done. And all we see her is, you know, Daisy in goth mode gives, you know, the daughter the little sparrow bird thing carving that he it made. It's a Robin. It's a Robin. Robin. Because that's her name. that's her name. And then Coulson, you know, and his team react. They go to capture her. She just walks off. And once she gets down the alley, she does the, you know, quake power super jump, which I want. I've wanted to see that. Ever since she started using her powers done properly, and that was really that cool. was really really cool. <laughs> um, but at the very end of the episode, the like the the well, let's not. It's not really the conclusion. The end of that scene is Mac and and Coulson talking to each other about that how they lost her again. That they have to tell the director. So apparently, six months after the events in space. Colson is no longer the director, and I'm gonna. I haven't seen Cap, so I'm assuming Nick is back in charge. Uh, Nick did not appear no. in, in in Civil War. Civil War. So. Is there is there a definitive leader of Shield in Civil War? No. Mm. Last time we saw Fury was him getting those uh, helicarriers out at the end of uh, Age of Ultron, right? But he hasn't been seen or heard from since. Okay. So well, because I, I know this show ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe pretty heavily. Um, it does. So there's that. Uh, the, like, post scene is... Um, <laughs> I was going to say brother-in-law again, but what's his name? John Hanna. John Hanna as Holden Radcliffe. That's it. Uh, he is a scientist. We see him walk into a futuristic-type room talking to his computer about a celebration apparently he fits and simmons are friends i guess i don't know yeah it seems like he's working for shield and he's become you know close friends with them but he's clearly got his own motives and i don't know what i like i feel like i'm missing something from the comic book world because i didn't catch the name that he was calling the computer because we see him she the computer asks what are we celebrating and he pretty much says, well, uh, I'm bringing you to life. And they show a frosted glass door with a what looks to be a body behind it. Yeah, and they definitely called out that it, they said they had the letters LMD on there. Okay. So that is a life model decoy. decoy. So okay. he's bringing some sort of AI to life. And Did, and it would appear that he will be involved with next season, which, yay! <laughs> holy crap, I love John Hanna. He's so fucking watchable. I love that yeah, guy. Yeah, it was great. It, oh, wait. Is it Ada? I'm just looking. Ada, yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Well, I guess we'll find oh, out next season. Oh, man. I haven't heard any chatter about it. So. Okay, that's well. I All in all, I this, the, I've, this is a solid show. It has 
a couple of hangups. They got rid of one of them. So here's hoping that that doesn't. They got rid of two of them. What was the other one? Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Hive slash Ward as a villain. Like, I was never right. a fan of Ward. Yeah. I I just didn't. I felt like they focused too much on Daisy and not enough on the team this year. Uh, I'm not, which isn't to say I didn't enjoy this year, this season. Um, I just I didn't care so much like i never really had a clear sense of what hive's plans and motivations were and i just didn't care as much understandable uh, i mean he was all I, about the inhumans you know like rising to power or i don't know maybe like he wanted like he wanted a better world for inhumans but he wanted to be in charge of it <laughs> yeah it just i didn't for for whatever reason, he just was not compelling, and there there was too much with the you know there was a lot of Gideon Malik that like oh I thought I really thought he was gonna like be in it to win it, and then he wasn't, and I don't know. I felt like we spent a lot of time with that character for it to go kind of nowhere. Man, that happens every once in a while. But now, and then he died in space. And now, and there were you know. I, I cared more about episodes that focused on like Mac or Fitzsimmons. Um, I Fitzsimmons still think May. Best. Go ahead. The Fitzsimmons episode uh-huh. was the best episode. When they went undercover. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Where like out of all of the the Shield episodes, the interaction with her being on the far planet and him reacting. To oh the, yeah. Like. Acting wise and story wise, that was the best that the show has been. Yes. So, um, I still think May needs a better role. Like, there, there was a point where they were all like discussing the plan, and May wasn't there, and and they were all like, you know, if May was here, and Coulson was like, yeah, she'd give me a dirty look. <laughs> but what does she actually do? She. she <laughs> they 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 have specific like missions to deploy her on every once in a while but I, I i'm not clear on what her role on the team is and i want she's the I badass want, backup is what she is i i want to see more for her than that uh-huh. um you know, the team the show in the beginning had such a trouble establishing that team team dynamic in the first half of the first season and then they finally did and it was so good and i re- i, I want to see more of that well, hopefully, also- hopefully we'll get more God. of that because they. Yeah. So, it seems like they were just weeding out certain characters or characteristics of characters, like that whole um, Fitz mental problem. Like mm-hmm. that was a thing that they had to run through to get him to be where he is now. So they, you know, um, Simmons, much stronger character now. You know, she's yeah, a I don't badass. have a problem with any of that. But what, no, what I'm saying, like. They they take a number of the characters and grow them over the over the the season, so now they don't have less they have uh, less things to to worry about because we don't give a sh- we never gave a shit about Hive whatever the other fucker's name was Electric Dude, you know Lincoln Lincoln thank you, but maybe they can concentrate a little bit more on the the, the people we give a shit about. <laughs> And I think that maybe that will be because, I mean, it seems like from the flash forward, they've set up like the, the, the whole team is out there looking for Daisy. Right. Um, so they're going to have to do that as a team. Hopefully. And 
as Chris mentioned to me when we watched this, that uh, Mockingbird pilot is not going anywhere, so it's possible we'll get Hunter and Bobby back on the show, which would be nice. Yeah, I liked those, I like too. those two. Marvel's Most Wanted did not get picked up, so would be nice um, to see them again. That's a shame. Would have been nice to see. I also have to say, God bless Adrian Pazdar for wearing that mustache and that haircut and being the butt of every joke about it. General Talbot is a great character, and I'm really enjoying the, like, um, adversarial friendship that he has with Coulson. John, the, the John Hanna interaction with him was beautiful. <laughs> I can tell by your mustache <laughs> that you're a very serious person. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a good season finale. Uh, it led us to not a ridiculous cliffhanger where... You know, oh my god, like a flashian type cliffhanger. Um, but I am interested to see where the, the show is going next season. And I felt pretty good about the resolutions on this storyline. Kill off the two people I didn't like. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on. And I I see lots of notes that next season will be even more fun. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. All right. So quick recap. Flash. Yes. Uh, call the midwife. Yes. Uh, blind spot. Absolutely. And Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, as of today, these are all done for the, the season, right? <laughs> well, no. Well, yes. Flash, Flash was today. So as, as of this recording, we haven't watched it. But Blind Spot, that they had its season finale. Call the Midwife and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So check them out next season. Uh, Chris. Yo. You got your, you got your spiel? Yeah. Um. You, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, you. <sighs> you can get in touch with us at mailgeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Awesome, sir. Thank you so much. Um, like, like you said, please check us out on our YouTube page. Uh, we have, you know, it's comic season. It's 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 convention season, so we do have a tendency to hit a couple of shows. Last show we went to, uh, Atlantic City Boardwalk, did a bunch of entertaining videos. Those are all showing up on our YouTube channel, so they're a lot of fun. Um, plus, you know, Ring the Bell and Robot Nightmare. Lots of entertaining stuff there. So please check us out. Give us a follow. And, you know, let us know what we should be watching. A lot of our shows that we like are, are coming to a season finale. So please hit us up on the emails and the Facebooks and the Twitters and let us know what shows you like. Well, I guess that's it. We're going to wrap this up. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. They've locked me out. Good night. It was a uh, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm numbering pages, uh -huh. and I'm like, all right, word. So, um, I see this page that I'm on right here. I want this to be three. Where it's like, got it, four. 
<laughs> no, no, you don't understand. You see, that page number is three. Got it. Four. <laughs> Word. We need to talk. Okay. Um, You're not understanding what's going on here. You see this page? What page is that? Two. What comes after two? Three. So this page comes after page two. So what page is it? Four. Fucking word. Uh-huh. A lot of my morning was this. <laughs> if you haven't already given a listen to the Stone Age Gamer podcast, check out episode 100. We can't believe you're still here. Good save. Yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> my, my eyes went way ahead of me, and I'm like, fuck, that's not right. <laughs> it's like, why do I even put commas in here? And this concludes our broadcast day.